Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and taking a nice drink of maybe cold water over there is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Room temperature water? We call it rodeo cool. Rodeo cool. Yeah, that's what I used to say on the road. So what does that mean? That means that it's not hot, but it's not cold. Okay. So just like rodeo normal cool. temperature like rodeo cool i got you yeah. all right well he's drinking water and you've been yeah. drinking water for quite some time now how's that how's that feeling over a month now it feels good feeling good yeah new diet and everything i gotta tell you it you know and i know this everybody knows this but if you eat better and you drink water you feel better how about that yeah it's just interesting you're looking good I, chuck I you find... look like you're you look like you're you're toning and do it like just I can see you just getting stronger well, every day. I just, I, I preached. I don't know what to say. I know. I Coming from you. A compliment from Nate? Yeah. There must be some kind of a backhanded. There's something behind it. There yeah. it is. Thanks, Costco. Chuck's fat. <laughs> Chuck's fat. Let's I'm not fat. forget. Don't forget. But you keep on this trajectory. I'm going to have to zoom in a little bit more <laughs> on you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, no, what's... the good the good thing is I can tell you the best thing that's happened to me is I I'm not as tired. That's, that's, I'm I used jealous. to I used to like I was so fatigued at the end of the day that but I still had work to do. So I, like Nate knows, I would leave the office, I would go home and I would nap for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'd wake up and I'd work and then I'd eat dinner and then I'd work and then I'd go to bed. It was like my routine. That's all changed. All different. All different from diet a little exercise and drinking water. I hmm. no longer feel that lethargic fatigue where I like have to take a nap or I can't function. I feel like you're about to sell me a product right now, but you're just actually telling the personal no, story. Just literal, just a literal personal story. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Welcome everyone to Good Morning Liberty. We do a brand new episode of Liberty Goodness, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. If you want to hang out live with us, then go to joingmail.com, pay as little as $6 a month so you can hang out and also vote on Fridays for Dumb Bleep of the Week. So there's a little bit of news today. One of the biggest things with the news was yesterday, and that is with the federal reserve raising the rates again and basically announcing that they're going to push us into recession that they're going to have to make sure that happens we're already kind of going there anyway uh they're going to make sure that happens unemployment possibly going up all that stuff and i saw a lot of people upset about it and one bad thing about this is that since the fed is so hell-bent on pushing the economy wherever they want it to go right now it's going to create a nice out for a lot of people they're going to be able to blame the Fed. Now, we're libertarians, not big fans of the Fed, although what they're doing right now is necessary. They're actually doing what they need to be doing right now, and they're raising rates. I don't think they're doing enough. No, no. I, they need to double whatever they're doing right yeah. now and then double that afterwards. Okay, uh, for one comment before we go to a video from Robert Reich III's uh, testimony this morning, Elizabeth Warden Warren Chief Warren says that the Federal Reserve's chair pal just announced another extreme interest rate hike, uh, which is 0.75%. Extreme interest rate hike while forecasting higher unemployment. I've been warning that chair pal's Fed would throw millions of Americans out of work, and I fear he's already on the path 
to doing so. So they will end up having an out here, I believe. Scapegoat. Yes. Nice little scapegoat. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So it's better that they do some quantitative easing and we Mm -hmm. just, you know, inflation goes to like a thousand percent. Why not just print some more money? Right. Like people Mm -hmm. are having a hard time paying for stuff. Inflation is really high. Goods are more expensive than what we would like. Why don't we just print some more money and give it to people? Yeah. That's, or we just, we need to raise everyone's wages, you know, that way they can take care of We need to make it illegal to fire people. We make it illegal to fire. You could also confiscate corporate profits above an arbitrary amount if you wanted to do something like that. Those are all some wonderful ideas that we'll be hearing from Robert Reich. This is a lengthy video, the kind of video that we're going to stop and start and could take up about half of the podcast. But or more. That's, that's okay, because this is very important. As we get into the situation where the economy is going to be going downhill and we are in a recession and people are losing their jobs, this is the time for sure that the commies, okay, people on the left, let's just, let's just not offend everyone right off the bat. Dumbasses on the left <laughs> are going to be talking about how all of this is driven by corporate profits. And if we just reined in the unfettered monopolistic capitalism, then we would not have the problem that we have right now. It's not the American Rescue Plan. It's not the CARES Act. It's not everything else that the government does. It's not even the COVID lockdowns. It's not any of that stuff. This is unfettered corporate greed that is causing any problem, basically anything that's wrong in your life right now is because of capitalism. Yeah, corporations. And what you need to do to fix this is to give a random group of people more power and allow them to take more money away from these companies. That's going to make everything cheaper for you. And you're going to have more money and probably have a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Yeah. And uh, won't, you know, like need depression medication or anything like that. Everything's going to be good. And it's real amazing how they can spin this. That's it's, At, like every time, and it's throughout history. It's worked over and over and over again. Yeah, people buy into this. This uh, God, the only thing I can describe is evil. I commented on this one mon- modern ma- monetary theory girls TikTok, and I just said, "Why don't you just come out as a Marxist and say that you're fine with the hundred plus million people that were slaughtered?" Well, under in, that ideology. In pursuit of uh, a noble pursuit, you know, you just had the wrong person get in charge is the only problem. The ends justify the means. Who you need in charge of that is uh, Joe Biden. That's who needs to be running yeah. the show. That's yeah. what they were missing. Uh, let's hear what Robert Reich had to say when they asked him about inflation. My name is Robert Reich. Yesterday, Fed policymakers continued their battle against inflation with a third straight supersized rate increase, warning that they will continue to raise borrowing costs. They assume that the underlying economic problem is a tight labor market, causing wages to rise and prices to rise in response. So interest rates and interest rate increases are necessary to slow wage growth. With due respect, this assumption is wrong. Recent wage hikes have not kept up with inflation. Most workers' paychecks are shrinking in terms of real purchasing power. Rather than causing inflation, wages are reducing inflationary pressures. The underlying economic problem, in addition to global problems, is not wage price inflation, it's profit price inflation. (laughs) 
Someone help me wrap my mind around it. And I actually mean that. Someone in the group listening right now, help me wrap my mind around this. What do you think he means? Now, what he says is that wages are not keeping up with inflation. They're like three and a half percent below uh, what the inflation has been. And his argument is that wages are not adding to inflation. They're actually reducing inflation right now. I'm I'm literally asking someone to tell me what he means. Maybe he's talking about well, less think, buying power than the product so that actually they're they're bidding lower because they're making less money and actually pulling prices down. Is that what he means? Well, uh, how do you what's one way to reduce inflation? You have to reduce spending power. Mhm. Right? You have to reduce the dollars in the economy because yep. it's not sustainable. So paying people less, I mean, on a basic level, is not he's wrong on the premise of it but like the and how it happened as far as the buying power goes yes. though he's probably right on that yes now what he he says consistently through here and we'll just go ahead and mention this before we get going again we're a minute in uh he says consistently that wages are not keeping up with inflation that the prices have been going up more than the wages now i hope that he understands that wages are an expense incurred at a business included in the expenses of the business, but they, they are not the only expense that is incurred by the business. And so while wages might not be keeping up with what the total increase in costs have been, wages are not the only increase in costs that businesses have had to deal with. There have in fact been a lot of other increases like everything else. <laughs> everything have been, have been increased. The cost of materials, yes. the cost of, uh, I mean, Gas. electricity for their business, yes. everything. So, all right, Robert, sorry for interrupting you, man. That is corporations. Wait, back up for a second. Raising... Yeah, 10 seconds should be good because he said something hilarious. Oh, there. the end of it, yeah. Yes. In terms of real purchasing power. Rather than causing inflation, wages are reducing inflationary pressures. The underlying economic problem, in addition to global problems, is not wage price inflation, it's profit price inflation. <laughs> that is corporations raising their prices above increases in their costs, using those cost increases as excuses to raise their prices and profits. Corporate profits are close to levels not seen in over a half century. Corporations have the power to raise prices without losing customers because they face so little competition. Since the 1980s, two thirds of all American industries have become more concentrated. Grocery prices are through the roof, for example, largely because just four companies control 85% of meat and poultry processing, and four giants control 70% of grain. Okay, now he's right again about part of this and then he's also assuming something that would not that would not be the case i'll just tell you this so he's talking about lack of competition and so what he's saying and saying that is that if we have more competition that they would have to compete with one another and that they wouldn't be able to raise their prices much that's why we don't want monopolies right <clears throat> now he doesn't apparently understand that what the government does on a consistent basis is create more monopolies or create more consolidation between businesses because smaller businesses can't keep up. 
regulations on food processing, all of that make it harder for, and because they create barriers to entry. Yes. yes. And they all, they make it harder for the smaller businesses to actually compete because when you're smaller and you still have to abide by all these same regulations, it takes up a much larger portion of all of your time and your income and everything to try and comply with all of that. And he is wrong about the idea that if we, if we just have more mom and he's basically alluding, if we just had more mom and pop grocery stores, then we wouldn't see this problem. But has anyone ever gone to a mom and pop grocery store and seen that all the prices at the store were lower than Kroger? No. And Walmart? Never. Never. They're always more expensive. And so they consistently make this mistake, which is that if we just had more local, localized everything, that we wouldn't have the prices we have right now. But all of the instances you would point to would point to the fact that actually you pay more for all of the goods at those. I'm not arguing against those. Geez, my family just owned a grocery store that they just got rid of a couple of years ago. Okay. But guess what? They could not charge what Walmart charges for a lot of their items because they can't buy in as high quantities. And then people argue that Walmart has a monopoly because they can buy in higher quantities. Well, of course, if you can buy an entire truck's worth of goods, then it is cheaper than if you're buying uh, a quarter of a truck's worth of goods and the same truck has to use the same gas to come and bring you all the stuff. So obviously the margins are different for people who can buy larger quantities. It's the truck's fault. It is the truck. It's Putin's fault. Actually. Jeff makes a good point here that when you do see lower prices at a at a mom and pop shop, it's because they're going out of business. <laughs> it's the true. going out of business sales. And yeah. you see this all over the place. I mean, look, farmers, You, um, I don't know if you guys talk to any local farmers or have seen them on the news or anything like that. The reason they sell to Tyson and, and to Monsanto and all these massive corporations is because they're largely running at a deficit. Now, why are they running at a deficit? It's because, in large part of all the rules and regulations that is put on agriculture and, and farming and things like that, where everything has to be a specific weight and specific time and all of these different things that, that cost a lot of money for the farmer. Um, and, and so there it's obvious. It's like, Hey, either I sell to this giant who can afford these costs because uh, they were ahead of the curve and they knew these costs were coming. Um, or I keep running at a deficit and I never have any money. It's not just those costs. A larger business can absorb uh, fluctuations in costs, like giant market shocks, like what we had at the beginning of the year. A large corporation with billions of dollars in their hands or trading publicly on the market, they can absorb big market shocks like that because they got a lot of money in the bank and they can handle that. Smaller people have a harder time. That's why you see a lot of buyouts of smaller businesses happening at times like right now. And that's always something to watch, by the way, when you're hitting the stock market bottom is how many acquisitions are taking place because that's when people really start making money. They start buying other businesses. Yep. And that's the other thing it. I want to say is that a lot in large part, corporations have raised their prices to make up for the fact that they were shut down. Yeah. A lot of them for a whole year. Mm-hmm. By the way, we went over all that with the oil with the oil companies. So go back and uh, that was like I don't know a couple months ago. All right, Bob. One corporation sets the price for most of the nation's seed corn. Two firms dominate. I knew I should have let it play just a little bit longer. One corporation talking about Monsanto sets the price for the nation's seed corn. Now, that's true. They are the biggest company uh, with that. They own uh, Pioneer, I believe. They own the uh, Pioneer seed. 
but there are other companies that you can buy seed corn from. I know that because my family sells seed corn for another business. Actually, I wear their hat pretty often. That's the gray hat that's got an American flag on it. it says Bex. It's another company that says, sells seed corn. In fact, there are dozens of businesses that sell seed corn. So there is competition in the market for them. There's just a lot of people that still use this one business. Monsanto can't just charge whatever they want. Pioneer can't charge whatever they want for the seed corn because there are tons of other options out there in the market. And that just happened to not, not only that, there's another seed corn, but you remember, uh, I won't say his name. Used to be our bass player in yeah. the band. His family owned a seed corn, seed corn manufacturing business. Yeah. And, and so there, there is competition. You can't just say that they can set whatever price they want. They can set whatever they're, whatever will allow them to compete. Eight consumer staples all are raising prices and increasing profits because they can. Meanwhile, big pharma is increasing drug prices like mad. The airline industry has gone from 12 carriers in 1980 to just four today, which are rapidly raising ticket prices. Wall Street has consolidated into five giant banks, raking in record profits on higher spreads. Broadband is dominated by three giant cable companies that are raising their fees, and so on. With inflation driven... Anything to say about the fact that broadband is dominated by three giant companies, Charlie? It's the same thing. It's the, the same, same thing. It's the government. Yeah, it's, it's all the rules and regulations of the government. I mean... What like annoys me is that he knows that we need more competition. Yes. But he still supports all the regulations that prevent competition. Could you imagine trying to start an airline right now? <laughs> It'd be I impossible. Mean, Jesus Christ. No way. Try, try to raise money for that. I mean, uh, the investors would laugh in your face. It's, it's like chasing a, your own tail. Mm -hmm. it's, it's impossible. Of course there's only four airlines. You know what it takes to run that kind of business? Those are the only ones that could afford the fees at the airports. A lot of them dominated by their local municipalities charging insane fees to fly. Geez, Nashville is one of the most expensive airports that there are, that there is out there. And yeah, eventually there's only a few of them that can afford to do that. Yeah. Okay. Listen, capitalism's not perfect. These corporations aren't perfect. They all respond to a, the incentive structure that they are given. And of course, there are people that go out there and try to buy up and try to, of course, they all want to be a monopoly in whatever industry they're in. They all want to be the only provider of whatever the service is. What you got to ask is, how do you stop that from happening? Is it with laws that prevent this from happening? Or is it with less laws and regulations so more people can come into the market and compete? They see this in all the other industries too. They end up taking your money and then they use it to start up companies to compete with other companies out there. They know there needs to be more competition. But if they would just stop stopping all the other companies. I mean, they did this with Obamacare. Mm -hmm. right? They set up these nonprofit insurance conglomerates across the nation. And what happened? Every single one of them went out of business. Mm. Every single nonprofit competition and in the insurance world, they all went out of business. Every single one of them. They took the billions of dollars the government gave them to set up. They paid themselves and they ran it into the ground. It's because every they, single one of them. They came into an insurance industry, which is one of the lowest profit margin industries that there is out there, like two to four percent for health insurance companies. And they tried to run it nonprofit. And then it turns out that like two to four percent insurance profit that the companies make, that's pretty important for running an efficient business. Yeah. 
If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, not only predict a recession, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, do what I've done. Call the only precious metals dealers I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-709-3080. That's 866-709-3080. Or text GML for Good Morning Liberty to 998-899. That's GML to 998-899. Or call 866-709-3080. Zero or text GML to 998-899, and there's a link in the show notes. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I went through a pretty big shift a few years ago. My music career was winding down at a time that I didn't want it to. I had a lot of social anxiety. I just didn't really know where I was going or what I was doing or what I even wanted to do. And I started drinking a lot. I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't actually dealing with any of the problems in my life. Something come along, I just focus even more on whatever those problems were, and I just make them go away real easy. And the issue was when I never actually took the time to solve the problem, to figure out what was really going on, guess what? They never went away. They were always there the next day and it just got worse and worse. I finally went and talked to someone. You know, I went to therapy and they taught me some ways that I could actually solve those problems without drinking. Now, these days I'm over four years sober and whenever something comes along that makes me anxious or makes me upset, I don't just try to escape from it and I don't really dwell on it. I try to drill down and figure out what is it that I can do to actually solve this. So if any of these things are resonating with you and you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp, it really is a great option. Convenient, accessible, affordable, all online. You can do video calls, you do voice chat, you can just do text chat if you want to. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a quick survey and you can switch therapists anytime you want. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash GML. Then by these conglomerates raising prices to increase their profit margins, the major effect of interest rate hikes is just to depress wages and limit jobs. As the economy slows, workers are even less likely to get wage increases that keep up with inflation. And unemployment is going to rise. The Fed now sees the unemployment rate rising to 4.4% next year, up from 3.7% now. That would mean the loss of 1.2 million jobs. I urge Congress and the administration to take Hang direct action against this profit. Now, who was talking about th that this would happen? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> all of your Democrats, all of your libertarian friends, yeah. every single one of them. When this started happening, we were like, look, 
This is how this plays out. Don't ask me how I know, but uh, this is what history says. This is going to play out. This is going to lead to inflation. Inflation is going to lead to job loss. Job loss is going to, that's all pain in the market, mm -hmm. right? The stock market is going to fall. All of these things are going to happen because we were playing around with fairy dust. And now we're getting bit in the ass and they're trying to look for a scapegoat. And this thing happens over and over and over and over again that they keep and we keep believing them. Yep. It's honestly impressive. It's always interesting. I was just thinking about this the other day. We libertarians, for the most part, get this kind of stuff right. Uh, free market economists, Austrian economists, whatever. They get what's going to happen right. But there's always an excuse. There's always a scapegoat to say, well, if this wouldn't have happened, then everything would have been. If, if Russia wouldn't have invaded Ukraine, then this wouldn't have happened. If it wouldn't have been for COVID, then everything would have been fine. If it wouldn't have been for Russia, everything would have been fine. If it wouldn't have been for the Federal Reserve, everything would have been fine. But those are the things when you don't have a strong enough economy to withstand stuff like that. Yeah, they end up bringing everything down. There is always a catalyst that causes it to happen. But you set yourself up for that situation where one catalyst can bring all of it down. And oh. so we always end up being right, but it's not because of government. It's not because of monetary policy. It's always something else. I'm going to call that... Ifism, ifism, yeah, just <laughs> a good. bunch of ifisms. <laughs> what ifism? What if? There we go. What well, what if? if? What if this happened? Well, what if that didn't happen? Well, you're missing the point. You're missing. Price. You're missing the bush in the forest, the national forest. <laughs> exactly. Inflation, rather than rely solely on the Fed to raise interest rates and put the burden of fighting inflation on average working people who are not responsible for it. First, a windfall profits tax would help. A temporary tax on price increases exceeding the producer price indexes, costs of producing consumer goods. Congress should also direct the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether price increases reflect added costs or opportunistic price gouging. Second, bold antitrust enforcement is essential. Now, what part about a windfall profits tax helps inflation at all? What, what part? Well, so this is the modern monetary theory. <laughs> they believe that they have breaks, you know, that you can print as much money as you want. You can spend it however you want. And when it gets to be too much and inflation's going up, well, we just tax it back out of the economy. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, their, that's the modern monetary theory. We can print and buy and do whatever we want. And when inflation starts to overflow... We just tax it out of the economy so that we can come back to a stable, uh, a stable pricing level. And the problem is with that is what do they do with the tax money? Uh, they burn it, right? They just get rid of it. Yeah. They delete it from the system is what happens. I, yeah, they must. They put it right back into the system, creating more inflation and more demand for the goods the windfall profits tax does nothing except for incentivize the corporation. If you're only allowed to make 10%, it incentivizes you to make that 10% a larger number, a larger dollar number. And it can be 10%. It's a windfall profits tax is nothing but inflationary. That's all it is. It would only incentivize them to still make the same amount of money they were beforehand only at 10%, which means they're just incentivized to make 10% equal the same amount of dollars that 15% used to equal. That's it. All right. Sorry to ruin and we've your seen party, this, And we've seen this play out. Yeah. I mean, literally, what are they going to do? Oh, I guess I'll lower my prices. 
because I can't make more than 10%. So I'm just going to lower it back. I'm going to lower my prices all back down because I don't want the government to tax the extra money back away from us. No, they're going to increase the prices. So 10% equals more. It's, it's simple. It's basic economics, <laughs> Robert. Even the credible threat of antitrust enforcement can deter corporations from raising prices higher than their costs. And third, as a backstop, price control should be considered. Now, it's true they have many disadvantages in terms of distorting markets, but the current inflation emerging from the pandemic is analogous to the inflation that occurred right after World War II, when economists argued for temporary price controls on important goods to buy time to overcome supply bottlenecks and prevent corporate profiteering. They should be considered now for the same reasons. In sum, the inflation... Price controls, Charlie. Good old price controls. <clears throat> Let's point back to a time where that worked really, really well. Um, I guess coming out of World War II, he's claiming that that helped everyone. Although, I, I mean, it is interesting. Corporate profits uh, averaging around 15% right now are the highest since uh, the 1950s. Uh, so not breaking records yet, just since then. <laughs> so that's interesting, I guess. Um, we'll look at some charts and stuff on that later if we have time. Uh, clearly, that's just going to lead to lower supply of goods, and which will just lead to more inflation and more shortages. And he knows that. That's why he qualifies it when he says, as a backstop, we need to have price controls. And I know that that's not you know, ideal and that that has a lot of risk and everything to it. I don't know how he says it. I don't know. It was kind of short. Yeah. <laughs> we are now experiencing is not due to wage gains. It is due to increases in corporate profits. And it's excessive profits, not wages, that need to be controlled. Dr. Reich. Okay, so that's the end of his initial address. Now, later on, just the end of this, this actually explains more so what's happening and in a way they're trying to make this as a gotcha moment like the yeah we got tyson foods or we got constellation brands or whoever it is but they actually end up explaining the root cause of the problem mm, down to this. the bare brass knuckles and i don't think they mean to but they end up doing it um in the in dr goodspeed's analysis uh he claims that 1.9 trillion dollar arp uh stimulus package is what caused a spike in inflation in March 2021. However, it was a clear minority of the spending that had happened in, by April of 2021. Why would you just focus on the ARP as opposed to the Family First Act, the CARES Act, the Consolidated Appropriations Act, which dispersed far more money than what had happened in, with the ARP by April 2021? Uh, Mr. Chairman, there's no reason... Before we go into that, I want to say he, whoever that is, is talking. They are correct. It is not just the American Rescue Plan that they are talking about, ARP, that they're talking about. We had the CARES Act, and of course, the government's always spending a bunch of other money too. All the other stuff he named off. This is not just Biden right now. And what they're basically pointing to is that inflation started before the ARP even went into effect and they started spending money. And they are correct. They are completely correct about that. 
uh, to focus on the ARP. I, I want to add, though, and this is an important consideration, uh, the ARP did a lot of good. Uh, it kept Americans afloat. Uh, it made sure that a lot of Americans did not fall into poverty uh, at one of the most uh, critical and difficult periods of time we have had in this country uh, over the last century in terms of a public health crisis. It did a lot of good. Uh, so, uh, and, and the other thing is that we, we've seen that after all of the CARES Act, the ARP, all of the other uh, structures that we put into place, a lot of that is now gone. Uh, a lot of American families are now back to where they were before, although jobs are plentiful. Note that employers are not raising wages as high as inflation. Wages and wage gains continue to trail inflation, which means that most families, particularly low-income families, but even middle-class families, are falling further and further behind. Thank you, Dr. So, yeah. Reich. Let me, let me just uh, direct it. And before we get on to the part that we alluded to earlier, it talks about wage gains uh, trailing. They always, they always trail, and they will have to. Uh, they'll have to trail because if the wages went up to whatever the inflation rate was, the inflation rate would just pop up to a few percent above whatever that is because and wages are a cost. Keep going. <clears throat> it's just the dog chasing its tail, yes. as we have said tons of times <laughs> on the show before, that these wage increases are just the dog chasing their tail. <clears throat> Adding into this, I think we have a culture. Uh, we have this, I don't want to say the socialist thing taken over, but you see a lot of unions a lot of these move to unionize, popping up. So you see that right now. You see people pushing for minimum wage increases. You see those minimum wage increases going into effect, people demanding more money. I do think that some of those pressures from the left of getting people to pressure for more money than perhaps, in fact, their job was worth at that time led to more inflation kind of like what we've always said it was going to. Uh, but as we talked about earlier, there's always something else to blame instead of that, because there's multiple things happening at the same time. But as we continue pushing for higher and higher wages, you just see the costs continue to go up because the people who make whatever the minimum wage is are going to be able to afford whatever the minimum amount of things is. That's always going to be the case. So, all right. There's nothing I need to add to that. <laughs> All right, here's the part that I was talking about earlier. The question to Dr. Maboud. Constellation Brands, Dr. Maboud, said the following. We continue to think that inflation is going to be a big factor for us next year, and we still intend to take a significant amount of pricing. We'll take as much pricing as we think the consumer can absorb. That's what Constellation Brands said. What does that mean? We'll take as much pricing as we think the con consumer can absorb. It means that they'll keep prices as high as they possibly can to rake in record profits as long as they don't start losing consumers. Exactly. 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 Why wouldn't you? That is what they you, are always doing. They're, well, not only that, they're, always, they're, they's doing that because they're saying inflation's still going to be a problem for us next year. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be a problem the year after that. And we have people that can look at the, the forecast. We're thinking about our business not right now. We want to make sure we're still a business five years from now or 10 years from now. So what happens if the government shuts down the economy again? What happens if inflation keeps going up? What happens if people start losing their jobs? Well, we need to have a safety net. 
We've got to be looking at getting the maximum amount of profit we possibly can to sustain our business for as long as possible so we still have a business. Exactly. Of course. And we need to get this money now because this money later is worth a lot less. So we need to get as much of it now as we possibly can before making the same amount next year, which is going to be worth a lot less. So that inflation does also drive the idea that you got to make as much. But the, the point is, what she said they're doing, it means that they are going to charge as much as the consumers can pay before they start losing customers. That is what businesses have always done and will always do. That is exactly what they're going to do. By the way, the amount that the government charges you for the pleasure of having them existing in your life is also dictated by the same amount. They're going to tax you as much as they can uh, before you uh, move on, so to speak. And so they are also getting as much as they think they can before you decide that you're ready for a, a new business. Yeah. A new government. Before you become proud. Yes. Boy. <laughs> Before what, whatever. Yeah. And so that's what they're always doing. So what, here's the question. If businesses have always been doing this, which they have, what changed over the last couple of years? What changed? COVID, Nate. I mean. It was COVID. Yeah. Yeah. This is all driven by COVID. That's why it was the most evil virus uh-huh. known to man. It was written into the, it was clever for the Chinaman to write that into the sequence for, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it really was. Uh, The other thing that changed was also the massive increase in artificial buying power that everyone had magically through the, through a keystroke that they, that they all have not only just consumers, but the businesses as well, who are also consumers of other businesses. Uh, They also had a lot more money too, coming from the the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan. And then people also get a lot more money. And so what happens? Businesses are charging the most that they can before they will start losing customers and making less money. The thing that changed was that people had more buying power immediately at certain times. And so prices, as they always do, reflected the buying power of their consumers and they raise the prices to whatever amount they thought they could get from people. Mm-hmm. And that is what they have always done. Even in bad times. In 2020, people were doing this. In 2008 and nine, people were doing this. In 2001, during the dot-com bubble, people were doing the Great Depression. The businesses were doing this. They always are. The only thing that changed was the buying power. Yep. And so there is the source of your inflation. And here's the crux of the modern monetary theory which is we can print as much money as we want and give it out and stimulate the economy or whatever, quantitative easing, modern monetary theory, whatever. The problem with this is, is that when you, when that money does enter the economy, what, what happens and what modern monetary theorists will always say that if the printed money was invested in the right place or the right industry or the right, the right production, then the return on investment would outweigh the inflation. Yeah. But the problem is that you're forgetting the basis of economics, which is uh, the allocation of scarce resources that have alternative, alternative uses. What, who can decide what the alternative use is for that capital? You can't, it's impossible. 
It's absolutely impossible. It's what we've seen over and over and over again in the Soviet Union, in Cambodia, in Venezuela, in Vietnam, in North Korea, or Korea as a whole before it became North and South. Wherever this is practiced, where they think that in in theory, I'm not going to mention China. I mean, name it all China. Countries. Sorry, China. I'm going to mention the, the the Weimar Republic. Weimar, yeah, doesn't matter. You guys know the history. The problem is, is that the theory is correct because like Apple or another business can take out money, you can take out money, right? And make an investment and then your return can outweigh that debt and actually add value to the economy. That's how we create value, right? The problem is, is that you have governments which try to make the impossible decision because their incentive is so skewed, whereas a business's decision or your decision and your incentive for taking out that money, for creating the new money in the economy, is to build something that's going to produce more value. Because you have to pay that money back, by the way. Exactly. And you want to make money off of that money in the future. Your incentive is profit. So when you take out the million dollars, you want to make profit and sustain your life from the future. Whereas the government does not have that incentive. They create the money, if they put it towards whatever they want, it doesn't really matter. The, the only thing that matters is who gave political donations to the right people in the right congressional districts. And that's how they end up deciding to allocate the money, uh, depending on what Congress people voted on the money. And then if it doesn't work out, guess what? Who cares? They'll just print some more money and they'll put it towards it. And they don't have to worry about paying it back because they don't have to pay it back. You have to pay it back. You have to pay yeah. it back. That's so who cares? the thing. And so they end up creating the inflation. The, the MMT people are correct that if we were watching the Burbank, Kate, Burbank, yeah, Kate, so. whatever, whoever it was, that if that money went towards its highest and best and most efficient use, she doesn't say it like that. Which is green energy. <laughs> she says it's green energy. If that money went towards the most productive use, then you could have debt as a government and be growing your economy as well, just like a business has debt and they grow and they create value. But that's not the way the government works. They have a completely different incentive structure. And then like what Charlie alluded to later, the way that they fight the inflation as an MMT person, what do they do? They tax it back out of the system. That's how they fight the inflation. Problem is after they tax it back out of the system, they take it right back and they pour it right back into the system. So that idea doesn't work when you are in a system of increasing expenses all the time. Now, if you took it, taxed it out of the system, and then you deleted it, you hit the delete button, or you burned it, didn't go back in. Sure, that could fight inflation. The problem is when you tax it back out, there's a whole list full of people that are ready for you to spend that plus 50% on something else. And so you never actually solved that problem. Um, Good question from the, uh, the... the group, by the way, or a statement from the group, T-Dub said, the real question is, how do you make real economics sexy to politicians? And I have the perfect answer for that, and it's going to come via a botched Milton Friedman quote, which I will attempt right now. Well, I won't even attempt the quote. The way that you make it sexy to politicians is by making it politically profitable for those politicians to care about real economics. And how do they find it politically profitable, they find it because the bulk of their constituents care about the real economics. And then you'll find a bunch of politicians, could be the same people, could be the same people we have right now, 
that will care about real economics. Why? Because that's how they get reelected. And so it's not just that the politicians are terrible. It's that the people who create the incentive for the politicians to do what they do don't care about this or they're not educated on it or they just want whatever the easy answer is. Just give me some money, make my life better right now. They don't care about what the future ramifications of it are or they're lied to about what the, you know, whose fault it is or whatever. And so they can keep doing what they're doing. So we can't uh, place all of our hopes and dreams on getting the right people into office to do the right thing. You have to make it politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing. And it's not, that's the problem because politicians are in the business of buying people. So if, if they, if they wanted to practice this modern monetary theory, instead of giving everyone $2,000 stimmy checks, they would have invested in Amazon and Walmart and the places that were open during the pandemic. Yeah. You're right. That's where you're going to receive a return on the investment, right? They should have passed money and given it to places, the actual productive, productive places during the shutdown that would have produced a return. But no, they're in the business of buying votes. Giving money to Amazon isn't going to buy anybody's vote. Giving you a $2,000 stimmy check. Well, they can give Amazon a little bit of money. Yeah, you know, a little bit, yeah. To get some more money from but Amazon. But giving you $1,200 stimmy checks and then a $1,500 stimmy check, and then you got $2,000, you got $500 for a kid. People had 12 kids. They made out like a bandit. Delay your student loans. You de- yeah, delay your, your student loans. No rent, no evictions, no uh, foreclosures. Like, the, it's all in, to the incentive is to buy the vote because they have to do something for you. And it doesn't matter what's going to happen five years from now libertarians can scream from the rooftops. And the truth is, I don't know how to make it sexy. The only way to do it is to get... Sometimes hard truths aren't sexy. The only way to actually do this is to get more people uh, to think about things like we do. (laughs) (laughs) If you want this kind of... Like, if you want your politicians to do that, like, okay, let's get the perfect Austrian economist to go run like as a Republican or something like that. What do you get out of that batch? You get... Two Republicans out of uh, 500 and something of them, 535, what are the 435 Congress congressmen, or I can't remember what the name is. So let's just say five to 600 elected people, and you get like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey that are out there. And anyone else that would try it, statistically, not going to do very well because it's boring. Who cares? That That's not going to work. I want you to tell me how I am going to have a better life in December of 2022, January, let's have you take office. How is my life immediately going to be better in January of 2023? That's what I want to know. They want to hear, well, if we do this, then long-term, your children are going to have a better future. <laughs> I don't want to have kids anyway. i got a plant. Who cares? <laughs> i got a car and a dog. I don't want a kid. We'll talk about more on that tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Just alluding to. Anyway, we're at forty-five minutes right now. I think look, that's good enough. We, uh, you know, this is this is. I hate to do this. No, I don't. I, I bet really, you don't. I, I really don't enjoy really it. it. Um, we told you so. <laughs> this is so. This is what we've been talking about for years. This is all coming to fruition, and we told you they were going to deflect from it, and they are, and they're always going to have a scapegoat. But the same thing keeps happening over and over and over again. And the best thing we can do is try to help educate people on what's really happening underneath all of this facade. Underneath all of this narcissistic gaslighting manipulation you is will, what it really is. You can go back and listen to episodes from, say, March of 2020, sometime in that time period. And I guarantee you, we laid it out. 
that they were going to shut down the economy. They were going to print a bunch of money. They were going to throw a bunch of people out of work. They were going to cause all these supply chain problems, a bunch of inflation. Uh, and then we knew afterwards they were going to count people going back to work as job increases, that the COVID pandemic was going to be over after Biden got into office magically, that that was going to happen. I did make a mistake back then, though. I said that they were going to blame everything on Trump. Yeah. Because um, he was still going to be in office when the economy collapsed. Then I we, was wrong about him still being in office. Then we get into this. Well, in your heart, he's still in office. But then we get into this whole situation where we have inflation. People are in the bad way. We go into a, a, to a recession, maybe a depression, although probably not really. And then at the end of the day, they're going to blame capitalism. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. Just like they did with health care and student loans and everything else under the sun, just like Venezuela, blame capitalism, just like every country who's done these kinds of things before, they will blame capitalism to take all the blame off of themselves. And people who want to hear a lie to make themselves feel better are going to believe it. But we've got to make it politically profitable for the people that are in power to do the right thing. That's what we have to work on doing, which is why we do the show every day. Yep. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's show, please share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe. That's one way we can get the message out by sharing it around. Learn a little bit. Learn them a little bit about inflation and what's going on and why this happened and what we can do about it, which is, uh, as Milton Friedman said, the only solution to high inflation is high living. Mm. Get out there and spend it, baby, because it's worth more today than it's going to be tomorrow. I've been failing at that. I haven't done anything. I haven't bought anything, just, haven't done anything. If it's sitting there, <laughs> nothing, then you're just losing. I know. By doing nothing. You got to go out and get things. Things that can hold value mm. would be a smart thing to do. Uh, things that can hold value long term. That's the best thing to spend your money on, especially in high inflationary periods. Like your own personal, uh, your own human capital, your own knowledge, your own wealth. And that that can only grow over time. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to tell you about natescrashcourse.com. And for today only, you can use the promo code <laughs> CRASHCOURSE40 <laughs> to get 40% off. I forgot again. Oh, my God. It's gone tomorrow. It's gone tomorrow. Yep. Totally gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go I home. don't believe you. <laughs> uh, natescrashcourse.com. Go check that out. Go to joingml.com. Be part of the live group. Hang out with us. Make fun of me. Uh, enjoy our personal stories. We go way more in depth. On the live mm-hmm. group. Today we got to watch one of our live group members, Amanda, was on the Young Turks. Did, Congrats. Did a to great Amanda. job. Yep. Amanda Griffiths. Great job. Go check out their podcast, Civil Discord. Civil Discord. And um then also buy some merch. You guys want merch? Anybody like t shirts? I told you. A high inflation, high living. Get yourself some extra t shirts before winter comes at godhatesfeds.com. That's godhatesfeds.com. If you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.